come here to hurt me, and I come here to maim you. For some of you, and that is that life sucks, and then you die. Doubt you've ever been in a real street fight. It looks at that pretty face. I don't think you've ever taken a punch before in your life. Now, now it's I, I for an eye. Now it's you. You take one of mine, and I take two of yours. Who there? Sitting at home. Acknowledge it's Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood, WWE, AEW, MLW, NWA, New Japan, the Indies, and more. It's the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday show with Jonathan Hood. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday is proudly presented by Manscaped.com. Guys, you know you need some help with your personal grooming, especially down there. The best in men's grooming is available at manscaped.com. As you listen to this podcast, open up a tab. Go to manscaped.com. Use my promo code HOOD, my last name, my shoot name, H-O-O-D, and save 20%. Look around. You'll be able to get the ball cleanser. You could be able to get the Weed Whacker 4.0. You could be able to take care of uh, the spots that need a little bit of scent to it instead of sweat to it. Check it out, manscaped.com, and use a promo code HOOD. All right, it's so good to be back with you here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday as I record this at 11 a.m. on Tuesday morning, the 27th of September. A lot to get to. This is the mailbox edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, and my mailbox overfloweth with a whole bunch of questions from you on my Facebook wall, facebook.com, Jonathan Hood. And so we'll get to that momentarily. But first, let me just get to some of the news or some of the things that we've seen. Can I just tell you, you know this. If you don't, you should as a wrestling fan. Boy, this is a great time of the business, isn't it? Great time of the business. Whether you're the WWE, whether you're AEW, whether you're the independents, um, whether you are Impact Wrestling, New Japan, internationally, domestically, professional wrestling is going very, very well in the post-Vince McMahon era. And by the way, let me just tell you, as I move forward talking to you about wrestling, have you been to my Instagram uh, at Good Karma Wrestling on Instagram. Have you been to Twitter at GKW underscore wrestling? There you could be able to pick up your favorite TWT merchandise. Have you gotten a Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday t-shirt or a glass or, you know, the things that you need for to represent Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday? Socks. <laughs> it's all there, by the way. Check it out. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. The merchandise is there. I want Everyone to know the podcast you listen to for uh, sports entertainment, for pro wrestling, it's right there. TWT merchandise available in the link. Go to the bio of either my Twitter or Instagram and hit that link tree and then boom, you're right in there. Look for TWT merchandise available right now. Get that merchandise. I got t-shirts, I got hoodies, and especially it's getting a little chilly in the Midwest. Protect your hoodies at all costs. So get yourself a Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday hoodie. Okay. So, as I mentioned, great time to be a wrestling fan in the post-events era. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Raw from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, first and foremost. Can I just tell you about 
the new WWE under Triple H, here's something you got to get used to. For Triple H, long matches is his jam. He's all about the long matches. Here's a guy here that grew up watching Ric Flair and saw Ric Flair, I mean, minimum 30-minute matches, 45-minute matches, 60, 90-minute matches. And so the longer the match, the more Triple H enjoys it because that's how he wrestled. When he was wrestling, you'd be hard-pressed to find a two- or three-minute match with Triple H in his prime, a five-minute match in his prime. Now, he likes to be able to walk it and talk it and tell stories and, and be out there when he wrestled. Same thing here with his philosophy as a booker. He likes long matches. And so this is why I think some are looking at Monday Night Raw saying, boy, these matches are good. Yeah, because they're not cut off in three minutes. I mean, there are... There's room in a three-hour Raw to be able to have a one-minute match, three-minute match, something like that, just to showcase a wrestler. But Triple H likes the long matches. And so out of Raw from Edmonton, it was solid. I mean, it starts off with Bianca Belair against EO Sky. That one's about 18, 19 minutes, but it really showcased uh, Bianca as a champion. It's more than that she's got a great promo, but she can really go too. We've seen this over the years. And so more and more, I'm buying into Bianca Belair as someone who really enjoys being in there and, and really represents the championship and the company well. I saw her on College Game Day from Tennessee, and I thought that she was fantastic. Just representing the company well, uh, brought the championship up there, got the long braid going. Bianca Belair is it for the WWE um, in the women's division. So she beat EO Sky in a good matchup. I thought that the one of the big storylines for the WWE is this whole thing with Dominic and Rey Mysterio. And just when you think it's just going to get stale, you know, the one thing we keep seeing is the Judgment Day. Even though I'm not a big fan of their promos, I think that you know, what they're trying to say is kind of arduous and nonsensical at times. It was like that when Edge was leading the Judgment Day. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get to is to see Ray against Dominic. And I want to see Ray for the first time in his career squash a dude. For the first time, you know Ray. Ray is the ultimate baby face. You feel sorry for him because he's a little guy, the, the voice, um, you know, uh, piping up through the mask and you feel bad for him because when he's down, he's like, man, Ray, you got to get up because he is the prototypical baby face that you root for. And when it comes to Ray Mysterio, I want to see him against Dom and I want to see Ray for the first time in his career, take Dominic Mysterio for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes and just squash him. I don't want any offense from Dominic. I want Ray to end this by him beating the hell out of his son. And then maybe there's something on the other side of that. I don't know, but this whole thing with Mysterio and Edge, Edge came back to Canada, uh, was uh, was there trying to help Mysterio, but the whole Judgment Day thing, it needs to get hot, you know, it needs to really, I mean, it's a good storyline, but it needs to get hotter, you need to have a few other people, Ray needs some help besides Edge coming from Florida, wherever he lives, to try to help Ray all the time, Ray needs help. Uh, but I want to see Ray and Dom now, the, and Dominic Mysterio, by the way, has not improved I mean, baby face heel, his facial expression never changes. It never changes. Uh, I don't think he's that good a wrestler. And we have seen this over the years where the son of a legend comes in and the son is just not as good as the, as the original. You know, this is Eric Watts. You know, this is Greg Gagne. Um, God, this is Kendall Windham. There, this is uh, Angel Mosca Jr. There's so many examples over the years that I've seen where the son comes in, he's just not as good as the dad. 
And it just it's just I, I don't know if Dominic Mysterio will ever get better. I just know that those facials makes me seem like that he doesn't care what's going on because it's a look of indifference, not a fear of his father, not of anger. It's just the same, same face. That's what happens when you have a young green wrestler that probably should spend a lot more time uh, in NXT trying to work and develop his facials and his wrestling ability. AJ Styles against Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. For those who have never seen Sami Zayn in big matches, go back to see his NXT stuff. Go back and watch his Ring of Honor stuff. Sami Zayn can go. He is a top 10 wrestler in that company. Uh, but for those that just see him as a comedy character, you know, this guy is a fantastic, innovative wrestler. Uh, he had some great matches with Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens uh, in Ring of Honor over the years. It was it was a blood feud between those two. Um, and so he's just not a comedy character. That guy can go. He won that matchup against AJ Styles uh, on Raw. Riddle and Priest, I love to see that match through the loop over and over again. Uh, really solid match between those two as well. SmackDown taking place in Salt Lake City. Uh, you know, the one thing that we can get used to with Triple H booking, as I mentioned, long matches, there's always going to be this hint of haha a little bit and then there's going to be surprises uh from raw we saw Candice LeRae come back which was huge I mean no one knew that she was coming we thought Dewdrop was coming down the ring to the ring and all of a sudden here comes Candice LeRae same thing with Smackdown here with um Sammy and the Bloodline feud for those that are tired of the Bloodline let me just tell you something they try to find new ways to keep you interested I thought in Salt Lake City on SmackDown on Friday night that Sami Zayn was done with the bloodline because Roman said, take that shirt off. And then they ripped the shirt off of Sami. Sami's there just with his pants on. And Roman's like, yeah, psych, here's a new T-shirt. <laughs> so, so he's like, he is part of the bloodline, finally accepted by the bloodline, uh, most of them at least. And so that was interesting because I think everybody in Salt Lake thought, okay, this is the end for Sami. Uh, they're finally going to jump them. We know at some point it's going to happen. And it might be even Solo Sokoa, who's that close to him. You know, it's, some of the bloodline really supports Sammy, and others do not, which I find interesting. I expect to see Sammy and Kevin Owens be a tag team to fight off the bloodline at some point. Uh, you know it's going to happen, but just win. Um, Strowman against Otis. Do you know that was the highest rated match on SmackDown? SmackDown drew a 2.5 rating. And for those that don't know, the higher the number, the better. That's the easiest way for me to tell you. That's a huge number for SmackDown on a Friday night. I think people thought that maybe they'd see the return of a former WWE superstar, which we'll talk about in just a moment in the mailbox. But uh, that's a big number for SmackDown. Huge number for SmackDown. And the biggest match, people love to see Otis and Strowman, two big guys going at it. The highest rated show, uh, highest rated match on SmackDown on Friday. Uh, and the other thing that stood out to me about SmackDown is Liv Morgan, the push for Liv Morgan. I, I don't get the Liv Morgan character. I think that the belt is making her at this point in time. Um, but I thought that what she did is she pushed the envelope in a big way where she came off the top rope and uh, did that big splash the way she did. I was like, wow, okay. That that shows a little bit of aggression that we hadn't seen from Liv Morgan because even a the commentary, they're bearing her saying that she's too kind, she's too sweet, she doesn't have the killer instinct, and all of a sudden she flips the switch uh, in a big way on SmackDown. So that's kind of showing you that when she does take on Ronda Rousey, that there's going to be a little ruthless aggression in her, which is kind of cool. Don't forget, as we talk about this, go to manscaped.com, manscaped.com, use the promo code HOOD. 
Take a look. It could be for you or it could be for someone that you want to send that to, that whole package that you'll get. They have boxers. They got briefs in there. They got all the good stuff that a man needs to keep himself well-groomed. Manscaped.com. Use a promo code HOOD, H-O-O-D. How about AEW? AEW had two hours of Rampage because that was a big show at Arthur Ashe Stadium. So if you were in Queens, New York, and you saw that live, you saw a lot of wrestling. A lot of wrestling uh, in that facility. Um, the best match out of that two hours, if you have not seen it, go back and look for uh, Ray Phoenix against Jungle Boy. Fantastic match. Fantastic match. You've got to be able to see this. You know, Sting is up in age. He's an older guy. But Sting continues to impress me. This guy went through a table. It's like, man, at his age, he shouldn't be doing these things. But I will give AEW credit. They keep Sting special. He's not rolling out there every week doing these crazy dives and these stunts. But Sting and Darby Allen have been a tag team that's lasted for a while here. Uh, and then out of the matchup they're in, here comes the great Muda. We knew Muda uh, is a guy that uh, is going to be ending his career in 2023 at some point. And there he is, Muda helping out Sting, who was in peril in this matchup here. Uh, for those that don't know, go back and watch The Great Muda from the NWA uh, back in the late 80s, uh, 88, 89, when he was managed by Gary Hart. Oh, The Great Muda. You know, it's so funny. Jim Ross tells this story because Jim Ross was an announcer with the NWA and also in the front office. He tells this story that there was a time when um, when the NWA really needed new baby faces. Jim Ross suggested that the great Muda, a wrestler from Japan, come over and be a baby face and be the NWA champion. And of course, um, the racist tendencies and the way wrestling was booked back then would never have a non-English speaking champion from Japan on top. Now you could see this and you're like in 2022, he's like, yeah, I could see that. Because times have changed. But the old thinking did not want to have a Japanese wrestler be, a number one, a baby face because, you know, the war or whatever the hell. Um, <laughs> to, for, for a Japanese a man to be champion, let alone be a baby face in 1989. That just wasn't going to happen. Uh, but Jim Ross suggested it, though. He said, hey, why don't you put, make, put the championship on him? Because women loved Muda, apparently, in the Atlanta area. Uh, where in the NWA was having their their offices when he had the face paint off and he was a young man. Apparently, he was a sex symbol in Atlanta, which I did not know. But Jim Ross tells that story. I want to uh, just do a real quick sidebar regarding non pro wrestlers being able to flourish in pro wrestling. Because and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because of Action Bronson. He's in a tag team matchup uh, with Hook against what used to be called 2.0. And uh, so I know that the old school wrestling fan, and I know some of you are old school listening to this podcast, you're saying some of you are like, ah, how can a guy just come off the street and do the same thing that a, a trained pro wrestler has done for the last 10 or 20 years? It's a joke to the business that some rapper or some basketball player comes into you know, our sport and dominates or is able to do the same things that we do or some would say they're doing better than what we do. Can I just tell you something? Things have changed. In 2022, when Action Bronson could come in, he actually trained with Taz and trained with Hook to prepare for that whatever five, six-minute matchup he had up had there. That brought some press. 
you know, I'm, I'm, the the hip hop magazines, TMZ, everybody was saying, "Hey, Action Bronson is actually wrestling." And Action Bronson, even though he's the king of the shoulder tackle, did a lot of those football tackles. The point is that he brought press to AEW, and. Is that a guy that you want to see in there for 20 minutes wrestling? Probably not, but he brought press to it. And it was in, you know, the way Hook has been booked lately, he's been in a lot of matches that are not serious anyway. He might be a serious wrestler, but, you know, when you're around Danhausen, that doesn't mean that you have much upward mobility in the company, at least not right away. Point is, though, is that guys like Action Bronson and Bad Bunny and Logan Paul and Shaq are good for business. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, you know, taking on the big show at uh, WrestleMania. When you start seeing these um, athletes or performers getting into the squared circle and actually doing well, man, you know what? Things have changed. Would you do that in 1987? No. But I know that the old school wrestling fan is saying, why is it that Bad Bunny is getting over getting all these spots in, and he hasn't paid his dues. Well, what's paying dues in 2022 in pro wrestling, really? Back in the day, if Bad Bunny wanted to get into wrestling, he'd take on Hero Matsuda in Tampa. It'll be with no fans. The door would be closed. There'd be one spotlight over the ring, and they'd break Bad Bunny's legs. That's what they do. And the Hero Matsuda or Ole Anderson or... Um, some of those wrestlers from the Florida Championship Wrestling era would have said, if you really want this bad enough, kid, you'll come back when you're heel. And some would come back and some would not. Now, Bob Roop would break uh, Logan Paul's legs, break his arm in a practice match with the lights off and the door closed just to see if he's tough enough. Just this, Things have changed in a big way. Um, a couple of news and notes before we get into the mail bag. Um, I know that sounds gross, but that's a true story. <laughs> if, if you're a longtime wrestling fan, you know those stories of like Hulk Hogan getting his leg broken in Tampa, uh, you know, and had to come back. And it was like, okay, if, if Hogan's going to really want this, he's going to come back. Hey, you broke my leg, but I'm, now I'm tough enough to come back. Hey, that's happened before, but that's back in the day. It's not the way it is right now. News and notes real quick. So with AEW and the WWE, we know that this is a wrestling war. I think Tony Khan knows it now more than ever. I don't know if he knew it a year ago, but he's in a wrestling war, and here's why. Published reports from the Wrestling Observer, from Fightful Select, and other places are saying that the WWE is inquiring about AEW talent. Now, Triple H can sit there in interviews and podcasts and say the AEW, oh, who are they? They beat our developmental. Uh, congratulations. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh. Oh, it matters. When AEW continues to be number one or hovering around number one in their time slot every Wednesday, uh, doesn't matter if it's 1 million, 1.5 million, 900,000. They continue to be number one and a factor on Wednesdays. You would think if you're WWE and you're doing well on Mondays and doing well on Fridays, it should be enough. Nope, not enough because it's a wrestling war. So when I read about Miro, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, Swerve Strickland, and FTR, in which the WWE reached out to those AEW wrestlers, oh, that's a problem. Now, apparently, AEW sent a cease and desist letter to 
uh, the WWE to stop tampering with talent. There's also rumblings from those that I've heard from, that I've talked to, that work in AEW, that there are some in AEW that have signed contracts with Tony Khan that see now that Triple H is running the company that they're interested in returning to the WWE. And what I would tell you is, is that if you've signed a contract with AEW, uh, you should live up to that contract. Now, Tony Khan has said on the record that he's not offering releases to anybody in AEW. I think it's also troubling if you are AEW that once you are that fun, cool spot for wrestlers to get out of WWE or in the independence or impact and come to your company. And all of a sudden, the idea that there are some wrestlers within AEW that want to go back and work for WWE just because Vince is not there, uh, that should be troubling to Tony Khan. If it is true that uh, wrestlers probably have come to Tony and said, can I get my release? Uh, and Tony's not granting that release. He should be concerned. Now, every time I open up um, a couple of these websites or get a text message from someone, I keep reading about how AW has these meetings, these talent meetings. I don't know meetings. I have plenty of meetings where I work uh, at ESPN 1000 or, or Sirius XM. I, get, I have plenty of meetings that I'm in. I think it's interesting from a wrestling standpoint how many meetings are taking place um, with AEW talent. Now, post uh, CM Punk and the Young Bucks and that whole kerfuffle, that whole thing that happened in Chicago uh, where everyone's fighting one another and people are pissed off at CM Punk's comments and Hangman Page and all this, I um, I wonder what is the, the temperature in AEW as far as the talent's concerned. Because... Remember, AEW was that hot place. Hey, we're away from Vince. We can be able to swear and we can do whatever we want to do. We can say what we want to say. There's no producers. There's no, you know, it's handcuff free. Now, all of a sudden, you don't hear much swearing anymore, do you? Because Discovery decided that that wasn't a good idea. And I knew this at the time. I said, just because you can swear openly and just say stuff doesn't necessarily make you get, get you over. It's a lack of um, creativity. When you could just swear whenever you want to. How about give me a promo to believe in? How about tell a story? How about a banger of a match? AEW continues to be the alternative to WWE. And they're doing well. But just keep your eyes on stories like Bobby Fish trying to get Cole and O'Reilly to come back to WWE. Keep your eyes on stories like that. Whether it's true or not, when you start hearing rumblings, all of a sudden things start to happen. If you're Tony Khan, you better figure out how to tell some stories on Friday nights and Wednesday nights. Keep your your talent happy. It's more than just trying to pay MJF. What about the rest of this young crew? How do you put them in a positions to succeed? You've got three hours of programming a week, plus those shows on YouTube. You're already in an uphill climb against WWE. How can you sustain your success? Time will tell. Time to open up the mailbox here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Have you purchased a hoodie yet? A t-shirt yet? I told you to go to um, my link tree that's in the bio on my um, Twitter at GKW underscore wrestling. That's on Twitter. And on Instagram at Good Karma Wrestling. Hit that link tree. Go to the merchandise tab and then take a look.
at all the stuff that you could purchase for you or someone as a gift. Holidays right around the corner, right there on Good Karma Wrestling, the link tree in my bio. Evan J. Thomas says, what have you liked since the takeover from Triple H and Steph from VKM? Evan, what I've liked is I really liked the fact that we're getting quality matches, not short matches, quality matches on from Monday Night Raw. For it's been a while since I've sat down and was able to fast forward and stop and watch the matches, watch the promos all throughout a three hour Monday Night Raw. If you listen to this podcast before years ago, I've told you before Vince left, I said, it's hard to get through a three hour Monday Night Raw. The matches are strong. The promos are strong. I like that Triple H also reflects to the past and brings it forward to the present. Um, when they were talking about the, uh, the Usos, how long they've held the tag team championships, what they've held them for a long time. Um, they we talked to they talked about how demolition uh, held the championships for a long time, how the new day held the championships for a long time, and they showed the old footage, and so I like how he can drag the past to the present to try to prop up the current stars. That's among the things I like. Um, Clash of the Castle was terrific. I think that would happen under Vince anyway, um, but I, I like that they are going to bigger stadiums. For events that are not necessarily WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble. I mean, they're trying to go for it and try to have the biggest crowds possible, even if it's not a WrestleMania. So those are among the things I like. There he is, Blaze, Jimmy Blaze, tell me a story. Do you look at WWE and AEW the same way you looked at WWE and WCW? Also, your opinion opinion on the independents. Well, Jimmy, the independents have never been hotter. You know, I, I equate this time somewhat to the territory days. The only difference between the territory days and now is that in the territory days, I can put on my TV and watch World Class from Dallas. I can watch the WWF at the time. I can watch the NWA. I can watch uh, um, Lucha Wrestling from Mexico. I can watch Georgia Championship Wrestling. I could, you know, all over the country, I could be able to watch um, wrestling shows. I could watch it locally uh, in the Midwest, in, from out of Indianapolis, out of Chicago. Um, go to a, a relative's house, I could watch the Sheik's Wrestling out of Detroit. Um, and now you could take a look at wrestling all over the world as well. Through streaming. And that's why I, I equate it to the territory days in which I can see as much wrestling as I want. I think that if you are a smart, independent worker, man, you should be making money hand over fist. You should be. I, I can go to look at all these other, um, go to um, all these websites, the uh, independent TV websites to see independent wrestling. I can go to Fight TV, F-I-T-E, to check out um, wrestling. Uh, I can watch it out of the UK. I can watch it in Africa. I can watch all this stuff that's happening. It's really cool. Um, so as far as the independence is concerned, I mean, ind- indies should eat. Even AEW wrestlers that only wrestle once a week, sometimes once every two weeks, they're going into independent circuits, and I think it makes the business better. It makes it better when you see stars on TV in the independent, and then that lifts up the independent. So that's really good, not just in the Midwest, but across the country. I love that, um, that I could see independent wrestling anywhere on by streaming. Do you look at the WWE and AEW the same way? The, um, 
I I would say that it's different, Jimmy, in that uh, WCW under Eric Bischoff did not have much of a direction. And I come to find that out now that I listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast, 83 Weeks. That guy, you would think that as hot as WCW was for 83 plus weeks, the way that Eric Bischoff built it by having a show on Monday night against Raw at the time, you would think that he'd have more involvement in the development of WCW, and he didn't. I can give Kevin Sullivan and Terry Taylor and Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, all those guys, even more credit than Eric Bischoff. I mean, he had one gimmick in the NWO, had another gimmick in, in Bill Goldberg, and then the rest of it all fell flat. It just it just did. Um, you know, I would say that I would give WCW a lot more credit than AEW because um, AEW is not going head-to-head with WWE every Monday and Friday night. And that's the difference, right? People forget SmackDown against uh, Thunder. Well, it was a thing for a while as well. So, no, I don't look at it the same. I look at AEW trying to carve out their own niche, even though they keep nipping at the heels of the WWE, talking shit about them. It's kind of like you're two different brands. You know, you, you, I mean, for the wrestlers and for the promoter and for the organization to talk about the WWE and try to bring them down and lift them up, uh, it's not the same. I know that WCW would take shots at WWE back in the day, but it just feels different because AW is not head up against the WWE on the same night. You know, and when AW is able to draw 2.5 million uh, fans on one show, then that will feel more like WCW to me because if you look at the twists and turns of WWE against uh, WCW at the time, um, the, the audience was, was split, but the numbers were close. In this case, the numbers are not close. So not quite WCW. AEW's got their own niche. Steve Kazmarek says, uh, any chance Enzo Amore joins Big Cass in AEW? Hmm. I would say that there's a chance, yes. Um, Enzo continues to be pretty uh, vocal on social media. He knows exactly what's going on in both companies. Um uh, Big Cass, uh, V, was it Morrissey? Um, man, I, I like him. That guy to me is a single star in the making. If Edge and the late test had a baby, they would, it would be Morrissey. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing with Stokely Hathaway in that uh, faction that they have. Um, but I just know that when you see him, I saw a little, a little bit of him at uh, Impact Wrestling. I just think that uh, I think that he's a star by himself. Uh, Morrissey W. Morrissey is his name. Um, David Hogan brother says, "What are your thoughts on Thunder Rosa? Something I haven't heard anyone touch on from that all-out media scrum was Tony Storm saying of Rosa. She says she's hurt." In a bit of a sarcastic tone, uh, there really seems to be uh, something going on backstage with Rosa more than meets the eye. I would agree with that. Um, I have not heard anything or read anything about Thunder Rosa. Uh, again, she says that she's hurt. That's the reason why there's an interim champion. Um, I'm not sure why um, Tony Storm threw shade in that situation. I mean, AEW's got enough issues with CM Punk, by the way, uh, and his injury. If Rose is not hundred percent, uh, that's the reason why that she had to give up the championship. And, uh, I would just say this, 
whatever happens, whenever Rosa comes back and she takes on Storm to try to unify the championship, um, I just want Thunder Rosa, if she's going to be the champion, to have a legit run. You know, you take the belt off of Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I had no problem with that because uh, it was time for someone new. Thunder Rosa is a babyface, there's no doubt. But you have to put her in the best position to succeed. Um, she can wrestle, and she has a great personality. Uh, her match against Serena D, pretty good. Uh, her matches against Tony Storm, pretty good. But if she she is more than just an AEW star, she's an international star. She this is another one that goes around all the independents and uh, works with young talent as well. So I think I think she can really be the face of this company on the women's division. But you got to give her a legit push. Uh, and showcase her a lot better than just her wrestling. Um, Ted Z, there he is. Teddy Z, the pride and joy of Hammond, Indiana, says, can ROH ever f- feel real without its own separate storylines and TV production? Crossovers with AEW can still happen on occasion, but it just feels, it just has a feel of dilution with all the extra belts uh, that carry lightweight. Uh, very little weight, I should say, um, in English. Uh, he says that the dilution with all the extra belts that carry little weight. Yes. Let me answer that first question. Um, can ROH ever feel real without its own separate storylines and TV production? No, it cannot. I don't understand why the YouTube shows that uh, that AEW has, the Dark Elevation and the other show, AEW Dark, one of those shows should be ROH. You should reimagine that and put that on YouTube. Because how is it that you're getting a digital deal or TV deal for the future for ROH when you don't showcase anything with them outside of the individual matches? If ROH is going to have its own TV show, why can't it be on YouTube? Why can't they all wrestle in Florida, in Orlando? They're already doing that with, those, with the yeah, young talent. Those two-minute matches don't mean shit. It just doesn't. Those little matches that they have for dark elevation, and it doesn't mean anything. You could have that as a separate show, but the other show should be ROH. And with Chris Jericho being the champion, I understand why he's a champion, because he's anti-ROH. He's not going to be shaking hands. He'll put a good face on ROH. Um, something tells me uh, that putting Jericho as the face of ROH can maybe help uh, Tony Khan find a TV home for ROH, I'm thinking. Um, there's no, no shot at Claudio, but Jericho's the bigger star. I mean, that guy's a Hall of Famer. So I, I just, I don't understand how come Tony Khan just didn't say, okay, ROH is now on YouTube, and we're going to put it all on YouTube, and you can watch it there until we get a TV deal. I don't don't know why he's not doing that. Um, Ted also says, who is the next high-level name to go from AEW to WWE? Well, I don't have the contracts in front of me, Ted, so I don't know. Um, I will just tell you this, that Cody Rhodes leaving AEW to go to WWE means more than meets the eye. It means a lot more. Because, sure, Triple H is making some calls and saying, hey, some of these guys that were released, they should be in WWE because we're going to have some fun now. But do not be surprised if Cody Rhodes is helping out in that endeavor as well. Don't be surprised if Cody is talking to Triple H about certain talent 
that should be in the company because I really feel that Cody Rhodes can be a Pied Piper for some of this AEW talent uh, to come to WWE. And I think that I think that line should start with the Young Bucks, quite frankly. And again, I don't know their contract status, but it would not surprise me if we saw the Young Bucks in WWE. Would not surprise me. Uh, those that uh, were close to Cody, I would imagine could you could see them in WWE. Um, like I said, I don't have the contracts in front of me. I just know there are some that sign longer deals and also are looking over the fence at WWE. And it's like, no, you got to live up to your contract, man. Like, AW is not so bad when you work once a week, sometimes once every two weeks, and get paid uh, a nice salary. It's not as, it, maybe for some it's not as fun as you know wrestling three nights a week or four nights a week in the WWE. Uh, you know, pack your bag, you know, do your laundry, come back uh, back on the road. But uh, the schedule is really light in AEW, very light, and this is why. You know, I'm seeing these independent shows on my um, Good Karma Wrestling Twitter where I see all these AEW guys going to Warrior Wrestling or going to East Coast Indies and Southern Indies just to get work, just to just to keep their skills sharp. All right, what else do we have here? Andy Mullen says, what, what's the best dream match ever? And why is Vern Gagne, why is it Vern Gagne versus Roman Reigns? What's the best dream match ever? And why is it Vern Gagne against Roman Reigns? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, Andy. Nobody wants to see Vern Gagne against Roman Reigns. Even though that might fill up guaranteed rate field in Chicago if it's a dream match. Actually, if you put it in Chicago, that would draw in like 19... 19- 74. Vergania <laughs> against Roman Reigns. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Jason Richmond says, what is the match of 2022 so far at any promotion? Oh, man. Best match in 2022. That is hard to say. Um, off the top of my head, obviously, it's Cody Rhodes against Seth Rollins in Hell in the Cell or... Rollins and Rhodes uh, at WrestleMania, that comes to mind. Um, gosh, like, AW, it's like, you know, Brian Danielson and uh, Brian Danielson against Hangman Page, which was a banger. That was a great matchup. Um, but there, there's so many. I can't really tell you. I, I can give you some that's going through my mind, but I don't know what is the best match in 2022. Obviously, watching... Um, Gunter against uh, in that matchup at uh, Clash of the Castle. That was the best match at Clash of the Castle. Um, really like that matchup against Sheamus. You know that that comes to mind for me. Uh, Roman Reigns against Riddle uh, was a really good matchup in in June. Um, but there, there's a number of them that come to mind for me. I mean, it's, it's still early. It's still September. I'm sure there'll be more. There's some internationally that I liked as well, but those are the ones that come to mind for me. Um, obviously, by the end of the year, we will have a, lo- a long list of match of the year candidates uh, in 2022. Joel says, thoughts on talent asking for their releases from AEW, Black, Fish, Miro, and others. Yeah, I addressed it earlier, Joel. Like, you know, you have a contract, you know, and again, some on that list, you said like Malachi Black, he just said on Tuesday that he did not ask for his release, that he will be back in AEW. There's a guy there with a four four year contract 
Um, so Black did not ask for his release. Fish got, got released. Miro is still with the company in AEW. So you should live up to your contract if you can. Just because Triple H is involved and AEW may be growing stale for some talent, you got to live up to your contract as much as possible. Uh, Joe says, will CM Punk wrestle again for AEW or will they be buying out his contract from the altercation between him and the Young Bucks? Joe, um, I expect CM Punk to wrestle again for AEW. And if not as an AEW talent, as an ROH talent, that would not surprise me because that's where CM Punk came from. Um, don't be surprised that CM Punk would help elevate that ROH brand by wrestling over there. Uh, but yeah, I expect him to be back in the company once he's healthy. I just saw a picture of him. Someone took a picture of him with his um, arm in a brace. So there's no question that he's coming back from surgery at some point next year. Um, and that'll be new and fresh and interesting when he does return. Brian Solar says, what are your thoughts on how the WWE has been presenting the White Rabbit storyline? I actually got a couple questions. Brian asked that question, and there's a few other ones asking about uh, the White Rabbit storyline. I think it's cool. If you are into QR codes and you're trying to decipher, like, why when I click this QR code, is there a DX and Rock promo? Uh, you know, Black Scorpion looks like that's in there as well. I think it's cool because we all know that it's Bray Wyatt. Everyone listening here knows it's Bray Wyatt. Now, the question is, when will he uh, return to WWE? Uh, it's kind of like CM Punk, right? It's the world's worst kept secret. We all knew the reason why that there was 20,000 plus people at the United Center is because people knew that CM Punk was going to return and then he comes down the ramp and it was just this big, huge roar. You know it's coming. You just don't know when. So I think it's fine. I think the little hidden messages they have on Raw and SmackDown and within promos that they have, I think it's cool. You get get that QR code, it opens up and gives you an idea that Bray Wyatt is coming back soon. Wayne Pierce, a good listener to Good Karma Wrestling and Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday says, who do you book to go against the bloodline in the War Games at Survivor Series? Well, first of all, I think it's great that the War Games is coming back. I think that the traditional Survivor Series, eh. But having War Games in it, I think it's pretty good. Um, well, I think it starts with Drew McIntyre. I think that uh, Kevin Owens has got to be part of that as well. I just think uh, AJ Styles. I just think that your best baby faces are going to have to be in it to go against the uh, the bloodline. Look at who's trying to go, on to go after the bloodline now. And then look at your best baby faces. I think that's the best way to look at it. Um I don't expect the New Day to be part of that. Maybe Big is Big E available at that time? By the time we get to Survivor Series in November? I don't know. I'm really not sure. Um, but that's how I look at it. I would say the best baby faces, but Drew McIntyre would be part of that as well, Wayne. I think it'll start to unfold more and more as we get closer to the event. That's for sure. But I'm so happy to see the War Games return. Uh, TJ Meister says, is MJF the next AEW world champ? Yes, but I don't think it's at full gear. If it is, it would surprise me. But yes, I expect him to be the next world champion. And I expect him to be champion in 2023. He talks a lot about the WWE and talks a lot about free agency in 2024. He's the most polarizing wrestler on the mic since Rowdy Roddy Piper. 
it's not even close. Um, there's a lot of shooting about the other uh, other organization about the WWE. You know, if you're Tony Khan, I don't know how you allow that all the time. A shoot kind of thing where you're winking at the audience is fine, but I mean, he's just talking so much about everything else WWE has said was happening in AEW. Is MJF a great representative for AEW as world champion? I know that's his destiny uh, in storyline, but I don't know. I like to hear MJF and what he thinks about his own company more often than him talking about the WWE. Doug asked the question. Sil, uh, Silkowski says, do you think Braun Strowman will get a big push? Maybe knock off Roman Reigns. You know, that would make more sense size-wise than Cody Rhodes. But I think Cody Rhodes is going to be the one to knock off Roman Reigns, which sounds crazy when you consider Roman Reigns took on Brock Lesnar and took on Drew McIntyre and all these you know guys with a big push. Braun Strowman will get a big push, and the reason why he's not part of, of uh, control your narrative anymore is because, you know, I think Triple H looked at that talent and said, you know what, we're not going to make you a choo-choo train, you know, cartoon character. We're going to put you in a position where you can really, really succeed. And to see him out there, you know, knocking over Otis and you know taking on these guys, I think it's great. But I think that you'll see something better with Braun Strowman this time around than you did before. You know, he was, I thought, for whatever reason, Vince McMahon lost his touch in trying to book big men. He dropped the ball on, on Omos. I mean, that's finished. So, I mean, as soon as he got off his feet, as soon as uh, he was body slammed, it was over. The The whole thing of uh, booking a big man, whatever reason, Vince just lost a touch on it. And the same thing with Braun Strowman. If you're a big guy, to, to Vince at the end, you got to be able to dance. Or you got to be able to cry or whimper. And I didn't, you ruined the big show that way as well. Ruined his career. Like money aside, years in the company aside, he was not kept special. And that was my whole problem with the booking of the big show. Okay, but as I told you, boy, our mailbox is full. We had so many questions. Thanks so much for getting on my Facebook wall, uh, facebook.com, Jonathan Hood. And hopefully I'll answer your questions. And if you have more questions, you know, you can always find me on Twitter, find me on Instagram at Good Karma Wrestling, find me on Facebook and inbox me a question. And we'll open up this box again next month. But boy, a lot of questions there about what's going on. It shows you how hot the business really is of professional wrestling. Don't forget, every Thursday at 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 Central, 5 Mountain, 4 Pacific, we have Good Karma Wrestling, that team with uh, Gabe and Brian. And we have our roundtable discussion about all the storylines around professional wrestling on uh, Good Karma Wrestling. So I hope that you get a chance to subscribe to our YouTube. Go look for Good Karma Wrestling. Check out the YouTube. Click that. That way you never miss an episode. Or, of course, on this feed, we give you the podcast of Good Karma Wrestling. This is Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. And, my friends, keep watching and supporting the wrestling that you enjoy. Keep watching. Because, boy, the business is at a fever pitch right now in 2022. A lot of great shit on there. I love it. Love what's going on here and all the shows and all the question marks, things that we like, things we don't like. But still, we're keeping our eyes on professional wrestling. And we cover it right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday.